Welcome to Silly History. I'm Matt Pekarski. I love funny stories, especially when they come from real life. I've compiled a long list of true tales that made me laugh, and now I want to share them with you. There's a lot of crazy stuff historical figures did or said, and yet we've never heard about them. History class would have been a lot more interesting with some of these sprinkled in here and there. Not that I ever disliked learning history. Hopefully there's at least a couple of yarns you haven't heard before. Let's hear one now. On Sunday, June 3rd, 1951, Jim Gernhardt rested in his coffin, surrounded by many, many friends. It seemed like half of the town was in attendance. His was a grand funeral, held at the State Armory in Burlington, Colorado. Even press reporters, including a Life magazine correspondent, were there to cover the event. The Reverend S. H. Mahaffey stood over Jim's shiny copper casket, its interior lined with peach-colored velvet. He preached a nice long sermon, encouraging those in attendance not to mourn too deeply and to remember Jim for his lifelong generosity towards others. After the sermon, several of Jim's favorite songs were played, including The Old Rugged Cross. The funeral came to a close, and eight pallbearers, along with 18 honorary pallbearers, carried Jim's casket to its final destination. Real nice funeral, ain't it? Jim said to the Life magazine reporter. Does a man good to see so many people out to bury him. Yes, at the ripe old age of 74, Jim was alive and well. After attending the pitiful burial of his sister, he determined to make sure his was done properly. I don't trust those pesky relatives to bury me right, the crusty old man said. Jim wanted to go all out. He bought one of the fanciest coffins money could buy, hired the Reverend Mahaffey, and secured the local armory for his services. He also bought a granite tombstone, which in later years was upgraded to a mausoleum, and in addition to publishing his obituary in the paper, he sent invites to the entire town, news outlets, and politicians throughout the surrounding states. At first, the town gave him a hard time about it, but in the end, Jim prevailed. Around 1,200 people RSVP'd. On the somber day, Jim prepared and hosted a lunch for his closest of friends at his home. The pallbearers arrived, along with many mourners to watch them carry his casket out of the house. Jim walked right behind them to observe it being placed into the hearse, and then he jumped into the vehicle to be escorted to his services. The deceased cheerfully waved out of the passenger side window as he rode past his friends. During the eulogy, Jim sat in a place of honor, a chair sitting next to the open casket and facing the room of mourners. When the service was over, Jim had doubled as the corpse, Mater D, stage manager, and chief mourner of his own funeral. The pallbearers then brought the casket back to his home, where it was stored in his basement, until the following year, and the year after that, and the year after that. Simple or elaborate, Jim annually held some type of wake for 25 years, coining himself the living corpse of Burlington. He ended up spending around $15,000 for the first funeral a time when the median home value was roughly 7000 Roughly adjusted for inflation, you're talking a house that cost $81,000 today. And he spent an extra 4000 on his coffin. For a man with an amassed wealth of $75,000, it was worth every penny. And as a bonus, it meant that less of his fortune would be given to his cheap family or taken by the town. Funny enough, he barely spent a penny for the following 24 funerals. 
but that didn't stop him from throwing theatrical displays every year or two. For the 20th anniversary of his funeral, he insisted on throwing a parade. It commenced at 2 p.m. on Sunday, June 6, 1971. Jim perched himself on the flatbed of a 1920s beer truck. Next to him lied his open copper casket. Also sitting alongside him were a guy named Mike, acting as the minister, and three young ladies dressed in black. They volunteered to be his mourners. For a half an hour, the truck paraded the group down Burlington's Main Street, jam-packed with spectators. Jim finally passed away in January 1980. He told everyone he'd lived past 100. His secret was consuming lots of wheat germ and alfalfa vitamins, around 30 pills daily. He was also a teetotaler and non-smoker, but whatever it was, the vitamins, lack of booze or tobacco consumption, his stubborn and determined personality, or a combination of the lot, he broke the centennial barrier, living to 103 years old. Jim was placed into his coffin for the last and permanent time. It had a new peach-colored velvet liner, thanks to all of the wear and tear the original had endured. And when the last funeral, the only one Jim didn't witness, was over, he was buried in Goodland, Kansas, just across the border from his home. After the hard time the town gave him for putting on his first funeral, he determined that he wouldn't be caught dead in Burlington. Thanks for listening. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, give it a five-star rating, and share with not one but two of your friends. If I haven't told your favorite silly story from history, send me an email at nightowlbroadcasting at gmail.com. Subject, Silly History Story. This show is a Night Owl production and made possible thanks to donations by you, the listener. 